0: Thank you. Hey everybody! Welcome to the Balance Blues Brothers podcast. This is Jordan Cohen. I'm here with Score. Score, how's it going?
1: Uh yeah, it's good, thank you. Yeah, it's nice to uh, nice to be coming off a win instead of uh, anything but a win.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the first oh. time we won in like so. It, it's been so long. Last time we won was I think against Bournemouth. So it's been yeah, a well, long time.
1: Yeah, I did actually think about all this. Like we, we, the last time we won was at Bournemouth. The last clean sheet we did, we have was against Liverpool. When um uh Sartor Bruce Sartor was was, was was in charge, the last time we won at home was Borussia Dortmund in the Champions League, and the last time we kept a clean sheet, um, clean sheet was the Liverpool game as well. Uh, and that, that Liverpool game, and then the last time we won 3 0 in the Premier League was October last year. Like, it's just crazy, like, <laughs> it's mean, insane. Yeah, I know. So so I was I was unusually anxious before this game. Like I shouldn't have been as anxious for a looting game, but I was. Like we just needed this win so badly.
0: I was convinced when Barkley took that shot from outside of the box when he lined up for that free kick. I was like, "Oh, this is a goal! Yeah. You know, it's a goal. It's going to happen."
1: Yeah, I mean, I was I was watching it on um, on Sky in the UK, but my stream is. Um, My stream is like about a minute or two behind that of people, um, other people who were watching. And so I knew that wasn't going to go in before it went, before he took it, which is kind of, which was kind of relaxing. Like (laughs) people tell me what was going to happen about a minute before it did. So um, that kind of actually made it a bit less nerve wracking when Bournemouth got, uh, not Bournemouth, um, um, uh, Luton got near our box you know, because I, I knew that I wasn't going to school.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was, uh, I, I was really quite pleased from how we played. And I think even though it's just Luton Town, I mean, Luton Town last year in the championship won so many matches with this kind of two striker setup where they just played long balls and scored. And I mean, Basically, since Lampard version one, long balls over the top have been Chelsea's weakness. And so I was quite pleased when they did not only not score from any long balls over the top, but I mean, we kept Luton completely out of like our defensive third. They we did not let them advance the ball. And when they did, we were able to recover really quickly. I can only think of one time where our back line got beat. Otherwise, our back line was really good. But so, like I said, leads to kind of the first point, which is I think today, because it's just the two of us, what we'll do is three positives from each of us trade off style. So why don't you take the first positive? What's your kind of first big good thing from this win? Uh,
1: um, Wow. Well, I think uh, Nicholas Jackson scoring a goal is really positive. I was, I was I I didn't I didn't realize I was so excited I I would be so excited about him scoring but like I was I really celebrated that goal more than in the, more than the other goals because he's played so well in in you know in all the games so far and his work rate has been so good and his movement has been good and he's got in such good positions and he deserved a goal um, and like it was a good goal it was a really good goal like you know that ball from Enzo and then a brilliant cross from Raheem Sterling who had a great game. But we'll talk about that, um, and yeah, he was in the right position, and he just he just put it in. Well, like it was it was I was really really pleased about that, and it was obviously it was the third goal, which was kind of the cherry on top of the cake as well. Kind of it just really helped us helped everyone relax because we knew we weren't going to lose at that point. We knew we were going to win. There was no way they were going to score three goals in you know whatever it was left. Um, yeah, and, twenty min twenty minutes yeah, or so. Yeah, we knew that was going to happen, and yeah. So Nicholas Jackson, because I think Nicholas Jackson's been a positive of this season generally, and him getting his first Chelsea goal will be good for his confidence and my, like you know because the first goal is always the hardest one, right? So for a striker, once you've got your first one, it's you can relax a bit, you know, you know you can score, you've you've got your first goal, and your belt, like, and that makes it a bit more easy, takes a bit yeah. of attention away from the future for future games. So that's 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 a big number one positive for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, he, to me, reminds me a lot of Diego Costa. And I know I'm not saying he's going to be as good for Chelsea or anything like that. But just in terms of his willingness to make runs in behind his hold-up play and his pressing, like his work rate, it's so Costa-y to me. Like, it's just he, I mean, listen, I'm not saying this is his personality, but if he wanted to become our new captain shithouse, I think that that... Kit is ready to roll and he could become it. Like he is just, I mean, he's been incredible every match this season. And frankly, during the preseason too, I I can't believe he was as affordable as he was because to your point, even when he's not scoring goals, he is contributing. And the fact that he's now sco- that he scored that goal, I, I I'm really optimistic. I mean, like, what do you think? Do you think he is kind of Chelsea's future number nine on this front? Or do you think he's kind of going to be a, uh, like kind of maybe long-term more of a rotational striker?
1: I think he's got a chance to become our you know, number one striker. I really do. Pochettino certainly thinks he has, he can as well from the comments he made after the game. But I think he, I think he really feels like he's a kind of a player that he can develop. And we all know that Pochettino is very good at developing strikers and improving them uh, from his track record. Um and so he clearly sees something in him. Uh and I do as well. I mean when well, I he reminds me of I'm not comparing him again, but to, to Didier Drogba, especially in his first like couple of seasons, like a lot of the movement and the the bo- like the body shape and like like you know the runs he's making like yeah um reminds me of Didier Drogba a bit. And Obviously, Diego was finishing got better as he went along at Chelsea, and I think that'll be the same with Nicholas Jackson. He's only what twenty? Is he twenty one or twenty two? He's he's very young still, so there's plenty of time for him to develop and improve, and um, and he will. I'm sure he will. Um, it'll be good. I think it's important to have somebody else as well um, because we can't be dependent on one player to score goals. <laughs> we can't be dependent on one striker. As we know, what Chelsea's like with injuries for start off, and then we you know, and obviously it's good to have different alternatives as well uh, and I think his link-up with with Nkunku in pre-season was excellent um, and it'll be good when Nkunku comes back because I think Nkunku will well, he'll have that link-up play with him and he'll score goals as well which will help um, but yeah, I think he's got a good a good future at Chelsea and it'll be interesting to see what we do in the next week or so in terms of attackers that we sign because that might tell you about how, um, how Pochettino sees Jackson and the role that he has
0: Yeah, I mean, Pachino said he was pretty straightforward. He does not want an out-and-out nine for this attacking signing. He wants a guy that's going to play, that, like, somebody that can play that nine role, but also somebody that could play across the front line, like the front four, ostensibly, in the system. So, yeah, I mean, I think Poch definitely trusts this guy. I think Jackson's going to get a lot of minutes. I guess to pick up from the point you just made about another player kind of picking up the slack and scoring goals... I think I'll go with my first positive on this one, which was Raheem Sterling, who I frankly thought was just absolutely brilliant and was doing things that we have been asking him to do for two years. And to be fair, after the match, he said that all last season, he felt he was being playing in the pocket too much, whether it was coming deep to get the ball or playing super centrally, he did not feel like that was his game. And he told that to Pochettino, I think, two weeks ago after the Liverpool match. And Pochettino basically said, like, listen, when you're dynamic, you're one of the best attackers in the world. So I will be willing to do play you wherever and however, as long as you agree to be dynamic. And I think we've seen that the last two matches. Sterling is held with. He's played very wide. And then he's made those off-ball runs. And I really, I mean, right, he said he wants to be our leading goal scorer. So let's, like, maybe that's the guy. I mean, I don't know. He, right, I remember when we signed him, I remember going on Twitter, I made a whole Twitter thread, and I said, this is a world-class attacker that wasn't scoring as much because he wasn't playing a ton in Pep system. I think he only played 28 matches his last season at City, and it just, like, it wasn't that he was getting worse. It's, it's that he was stacked. And I re- I don't know. I really think that if Pochettino can unlock him, maybe that is the other guy. But I guess I'll end, and We have a listener question about Sterling a bit later, but I'll end kind of my first positive there. Like, what do you think of Sterling's match?
1: Oh, he was fantastic. I, I was a big advocate of signing Rangham Sterling last year. Uh, I'm a big fan of his, generally. Um, and this is the Rangham Sterling that like, I... That I wanted to see at Chelsea. Like he was, he was fantastic. I mean, he was brilliant against West Ham as well. He won the penalty, um, which should have won us the game. <laughs> um, and then today, uh, sorry, last night he was. You know, again the two. I mean, the first goal was, was incredible, brilliant skill, brilliant. You know, brilliant run, uh, absolutely great goal. Um, but his yeah, his movement, his pace, his runs in behind. He was just dangerous whenever he had the ball that he was a threat all the time. Uh, and you're right, I mean, he can, he's capable of getting, you know, 15 goals a season when he's when he's in his best form, right? And if we can get 15 Premier League goals from him, that'll be invaluable for us, like, right? especially if we add a bit of someone who can create a bit more, you know, and, you know, yeah, I mean, especially when Kunku comes back as well, like, you think about that in the second half of the season, then you, and you've and you got Sterling and Kunku causing you problems, that, that means you can create overloads and Defenders don't know who to mark, and so somebody has a bit of space, and you get a goal. So, yeah, I mean, if we can get the best out of Raheem Sterling this season, that would be an absolute bonus and really, really great because um, he's a player I really wanted, and I really wanted to succeed at Chelsea as well. So, uh, and he's an experienced player, like he's somebody that like he can you know make a difference. Uh, he's not so young, but knows how to win things. You know, knows how to win matches, knows how to. Deal with the pressure of playing for a big club, you know, has won things already, which we need in the squad. Like we haven't got many experienced players in the squad, so uh, I'm really happy about it. I was I've been really impressed with him the last couple of day, a couple of games. He's been our, one of our best players, you know, this season with Jackson and um, you know a couple of others. But it, and, uh, but yeah, I was really really pleased with him, and I'm excited for the season actually with with and see what he does because he's already got two goals. He's already. He got nine Premier League, nine goals last season in all competitions. So he's already got two. I I
0: think think he's nine goals and I think two assists. So I think he was 11 total goal contributions last year.
1: Yeah, and he's got two goals and one assist already this season. So he should have had, I don't know if you count penalties as assists, but he should have had two assists. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so hopefully that continues.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, one of the things I really appreciated about yesterday was that he took four shots. And I know that sounds crazy, but Sterling is best when he can shoot the ball. Like, I think most attackers, right? And Sterling, all last season, what was so frustrating to me, and I think maybe this was just part of he was not playing a role that he felt was his best, but he wouldn't shoot the ball. He would get the ball in the box, and then he'd hold on to it, or he'd pass it. Whatever would happen, he wouldn't shoot it. And that was, like, the first 10 minutes of yesterday's match, and then something clicked. And all of a sudden, Sterling was shooting the ball again. And shooting quite a bit. And that to me was yeah, really positive. And I don't expect him to hit 50% of the shots he takes all season long. But if he shoots two shots and misses both, then he's had a terrible match. If he shoots four times, then he'll likely, like, I don't know, likely one, but every other match he'll score a goal. And so it's just about when he gets the ball into the box, shooting or making that key pass that leads to a shot. I don't really care which he just did that a lot better yesterday. So, yeah, I mean I I I really like Sterling I do think he is one of his off-ball movement is world class. I don't think there's many attackers that move off ball like he does. And Potch, it's the last two matches like the role clearly changed. It sounds like Sterling talked to Potch and Potch kind of is a great man manager said, "All right, let's let's do this. Let's change your role a little bit." Let's let you play wider. Let's let you play more advanced. And let's let you cut in. And the other thing I noticed last two matches is he's pressing a lot more. And so part of me wonders is that, like, he enjoys what he's doing in attack, so he's willing to do more in defense. Because he was horrible pressing the ball last season and the first match of this season and this preseason. Like, I saw them play Brentford at, at Stanford Bridge last year, and I can tell you Sterling didn't do jack all off ball. He just stood there. And yeah. so that has really changed. And part of it's if, fitness too.
1: Everyone who watched Sterling last year told me that. Like and I saw that in person as well. So I went to see the Newcastle game. Right. And that, that, and um I noticed that. And I feel I, I think part of that was that he was like a bit low on confidence because he didn't feel like he was being used properly. Like it was a bit of a chaotic season. Um, I think also the fitness last season I mean, the fitness last season was poor, like we didn't have any conditioning coaches with any of our managers, apart from until Lampard came in, and that was almost too late. Um, the players look fitter and sharper, and like they look more, have more energy, just generally. Like, um, you know, you look really, really quick, really full of energy, you know, uh, and that's definitely a positive from last season. I'm not going to say that as a positive. That's not one of my three positives, but that I think that's just a general positive this season is that, you know, the fitness thing that Pochettino, we, we thought Pochettino would bring is, is happening, that he's He's clearly working really, really hard and got them really, really fit, and you know they're, they're they're looking up for it as well. So yeah,
0: yeah, definitely agreed. All right, so what's your next positive?
1: Um, my next positive, um, Moitis Caicedo. I was, I, I was, I as as many people know, I have campaigned for a Chelsea designer sign defensive midfield player for about well, forever, five, six years, right, and. Um, yeah, it was so. It was just so nice to have a really top-class defensive midfield player in there, just doing the simple defensive midfield things. Like it was the little things. Like he was just. There was one moment where the ball was coming towards the air and he just made this little tackle, and it was like you almost wouldn't notice it unless you were looking for it. But it was like, like that's what a defensive midfielder has to do, right? We haven't had that, and it just, it stopped the attack before it even got to the box. And it was just like, that's it. That's why we signed him. Like, that's why we have a defensive midfield player. And he was just sweeping up behind the other midfielders. And he was just, he wasn't doing anything spectacular. He was just there. Uh, And he won the ball. You know, he started a little bit slowly, but once he got into the game, he really grew into it. And yeah, he was just, um, his passing was really good as well. I was really impressed with his passing. Um, His technical ability looked really, really good. Um, And he's going to get better as well as he gets fitter and gets more settled into the team. So and it definitely freed up Enzo Fernandez and, and to a certain extent Conor Gallago as well, like um who was another one who was really impressive. Um because it gave them more freedom to get forward, you know. Um and I mean Enzo's been fantastic all season. Like he's just world class basically. Like he's um just I'm running out of superlatives for Enzo Fernandez at this point. But it but yeah, I mean it, Kaiserlo definitely made us look a bit more tight at the back. It meant it, I think that's one of the reasons we didn't get caught on the counter so much, uh, and we didn't those long balls didn't make so so much of a difference because we had someone there to cover to cover the defence, you know. And he was just he, he positionally he was in the right place, you know. He um, he's got skill as well. I noticed when he wins the ball, sometimes, he does like, this little turn away from the opposition player and just comes away with it every time he does it he does it all the time and it's really really good and he's quite powerful even though he's not like really tall so I was really pleased with with him um, and I'm really pleased we finally got a proper player in that position who's really top class and is going to get better as well Um, and you know that's good for that's good for our our defense and it's also good for you know Edenzo and and, uh, Conor Gallagher and or whoever plays with with, you know with in the field because it gives them more freedom to express themselves and it gives Enzo more license to create and to get involved in the attack. And like, and that that's good for us because we need more creativity in the team. And the more freedom Enzo has, the more he can influence the game. So yeah, Moises Caicedo I was really, really pleased with.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, this is something you and I have talked about a lot, which is that Caicedo isn't Conte, right? He's not this box to box midfielder that roams everywhere and just, wins every single ball. And part of that, right, maybe he could become that, but Conte's generational. It's not fair. But what Caicedo is, is he's a DM. Like, he, Caicedo does things where he doesn't necessarily even, there's not a stat recorded because he doesn't win a ball, doesn't even attempt to win a ball. But by positioning himself correctly, he slows down the attack, the other team's attack. And that, to me, is just something we have not had since Matic. Really, and, and I mean, I think you can even make an argument that, like, no matter what, we've been so obsessed with signing these double pivots. Kaiseido's kind of a single pivot midfielder. Like, he was yesterday. He was at Brighton. Like, he can do a double pivot, and he can do it well. And there was moments where he and Gallagher were horizontally split, right, and doing the double pivot thing. But a lot of the time, he was that just single pivot DM. Like that kind of, I mean, there's a bunch of different versions, but like at it, it the world class level, you have like Fabinho or Fernandinho, right? That type of like, just, he's going to sit, he's going to be good on the ball. He's going to recycle the possession and he's just going to stop the other team's play. I, It's funny. People were ragging on him and saying like, oh, he didn't do anything. I, I mean, I think you're right, right? There's a reason why long balls over the top weren't killing us yesterday. And a big part of that was Caicedo. I mean, I, the, I, 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 am surprised how good he looked. Only two matches in. I don't know your thoughts on that, but I really did not expect this quickly for him to be that good.
1: No, I, I, I agree. I was, I wasn't even sure he'd be fit to start yesterday, but uh, so I was really pleasantly surprised. It was just, oh, it was such a joy to watch a proper DM, and you're right, he's. He reminds me of Makaleli. Makaleli used to be the lone sitting DM. He used to just win the ball and give it away. That's it. And he just stopped all the counter-attacks. He was just in the right place all the time. And everyone knew how... Like, he was, like, the most unsung player. Um, but he, he was so good that he had a position named after him. They called it the Makaleli position after that. Like, it was... Yeah, it, it, it reminded me of that to a little to a certain extent, probably with better passing and distribution than Makaleli had. But Makaleli was world-class, don't get me wrong. But, um yeah, it was kind of, he was just, he was just positionally in the right place all the time. Like, and you're not meant to notice him. He's not meant to do anything spectacular. He's meant to just stop, stop the other team from getting attacks, from winning tackles, stopping counter-attacks, stopping long balls over the top, stop it, like, just protecting the back four or whatever it is, the back three, whatever. Um, and, uh, and then just giving it, and then, then starting off attacks, you know, and we had more counter-attacking opportunities yesterday because... You had a proper defensive midfield player like defensive midfield players get what their best can start counter because they win the ball in the right areas and then if they can pass the ball into the right areas then suddenly especially when you've got people like Raheem Sterling with his pace you can just get the ball to him get him behind and you can suddenly score a goal on the counter-attack so um and we haven't scored many counter-attacking goals in the last few years <laughs> so um yeah yeah no I, I, I was really pleasantly surprised and I'm I'm excited to see him like get better and better, and then uh, it's going to be really interesting to see him against the real top side, um, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really pleased with him. That's, that's a really, really good signing. It'll be such a transformational signing for our team.
0: Yeah, there was one pattern of play we used a number of times yesterday, and it led to at least one shot, maybe two shots, which was... We would get the ball, whether it was through a gold kick or one back possession, but we'd recycle it back to the center backs or to Sanchez. And one of the center backs would pass to Caicedo. Caicedo would pass to DeSasi. And then DeSasi would do one of these medium or long range passes to Enzo, Sterling, or Gusto, yeah. uh, who are further up the pitch. And we would, caught Luton off guard every single time with that pattern. Like, and it, it, part of it is De Sassi's passing, like his passing is just incredible. But also, like, you have that DM that can start that play, right? Caicedo knows his ability to handle pressure is really, really advanced. So he'd get the ball, Luton would press him, but by the time Luton got anywhere close, that ball had already gotten to De Sassi's feet, Luton were out of position, and De Sassi just boomed it, um, which I guess gets to my next positive, which is, I really thought our possession play and I, this is even against West Ham I said after the West Ham match I said our possession our defensive possession specifically is so effective and I mean this in only the positive ways but it reminds me of how we looked under peak Tuchel right where just like we're not doing nothing with the ball right we're doing things with the ball we're do, do, we're creating these kind of intricate patterns but the other team can't win the ball from us and I think part of this is this hybrid system Patch is using. Like, against West Ham, it looked like it was more of four at the back. Uh, And against Liverpool, it kind of looked like both. And yesterday, it actually looked very much like a three at the back system. And I think part of that is that, right, one of the things we're seeing in the Premier League this year is teams are attacking man marking. And I think that's kind of an innovation that started last year. But that Deserby was pressing with this, like, intense man marking system and teams realized if we're gonna get through bite bright, we need to fight man marking and now they're doing it with everybody especially like lower bottom half the table teams that's how they were playing they are actually starting to press really high and just man mark everybody kind of like bielsa style and i think part of the system is that what potch wants is that left winger to be able to either defend inside or defend outside and that's the man marker the other people in that back line are not man-marking. They're zonal-marking. And so Luton, because they attack with two strikers, it ends up looking a lot like a five at the back. But I, that is besides the point. I, I am really impressed with how we are moving the ball. I mean, I think Kaiseido is huge, but I I keep saying this. Sassi's passing, I have not seen a center back build play with his passing like that in the Premier League. I mean prime I, maybe van dyke like that year liverpool won the title i'm not saying diazzi's that good defensively but with his passing he is just incredible yeah. he unlocks so many things
1: i've noticed that in every game he's played like some of some of his long passes from from that right center back position like yeah incredible and generally they get to their they get to their man uh like, he seems to have a lot, like, the, the vision that he has, he seems to bisect opposition players with it as well, a lot of the time, and yeah, I, I yeah, I, I, I'm, I know a lot of people are having a go at Tizazi, but I'm actually really impressed with him overall, like, yeah, he's got to tighten a few things up defensively, yeah, I agree with that, but, but, generally, I think he's a good player, and I think, like, again, he's, like, he's really powerful, really strong physically, like, Pochettino loves those kind of centre-backs, right, and he's, and he's a bit older as well. He's not, like, really, really young. He's, like, 26, I think. So He's 25. 25, 26.
0: 20, 25, 26. Like, he's right before the centre-back prime years, which is kind of perfect. Like you got a year to get him used to the Premier League, and then he'll be in his prime. Yeah, and exactly.
1: Yeah. So, I'm really pleased with him, and he, he seemed like a good character as well. You know, a bit of shithousery and, you know, good mentality. And, and again, that's, that's that's another impressive thing from our recruitment this summer, is that most of the players seem to have a pretty good mentality. Um, And uh, yeah, I've been impressed with him and he reminds me of a right footed Rudiger. Yeah.
0: Like that right sided, like, yeah, he does the same things Rudiger does just on the right side. Like he, I don't think he is, is good dribbling the ball, but his passing is so good that it does the same thing. And he hits those like, to your point, right? Like, I think he hits most of those medium, like, the 15-plus-yard range passes he's hitting. But even when he doesn't hit them, they force the other team to scramble. And, like, when Kaiseido really fits in, right, when he's really used to this team, imagine Caicedo, like, those 15-30-yard passes, the other team scrambles, and Kaiseido goes and grabs that ball. Right? Like...
1: Then he sets off like someone down the right or the left with his passing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
0: I I, I mean, I know people, De is the one people are eager to bench. I, Even when Kuku comes back, even when Badia Shile is ready to go. Unless you can replace that build-up play, and, and I think De Sassi has been, he and Silva, like to give credit to Silva, but I, I think Silva has other flaws, but DeSasi and Silva have been so good in that right-sided buildup. Um, and I think that's like, to be fair, like, now I'm not trying to take anything away from Silva. He was also brilliant yesterday, but like it, the center center back role, the passing is less challenging than it is in any other center back role because you have a much wider field of vision. And so as long as you're a good passer, which Silva's excellent, he's one of the best passing center backs in the world, uh, you, you do well. And so I, I think, Buddy Asile is going to play a lot in the center. I the other guy who looks better every match is Caldwell. To me, like he's been good defensively every match, but like,
1: I, yeah, he's tossing, I know people
0: are but... saying he sucks at this position. That like hybrid center back full back position is one of the hardest to play in, in the game because you need to be able to read. Are you supposed to be in full back areas or are you supposed to be in center back areas? And it changes throughout the match. So like he's been key to our defensive possession play just from his positioning and defensively he's rock solid.
1: Yeah, every game and his pass he necessarily started to do his, his his passing as well because his passing on the left side is like incredible. He create I think he I think he start, he started off some some moves like some attacks with Yeah. His, his passing yesterday. There was a couple of attacks where he basically passed the ball straight to an attacker and they got him behind almost straight away. It was. And he's he's capable of that. He's really, really good at that. Like and the more he does that, the the better the better. It gives you an extra dimension to your attack when you have when you have a right centre back and a left centre back, you can both do that. That makes it much more difficult for the opposition because you know you don't want you don't want the wide centre backs to get it because they can pass it in behind. Right. So it just gives you that extra option. And Levi Cole was fantastic. I'm and he's again, he's only what, twenty? I think he's going to get better. Like he's going to just improve. So that's, that's a really great, a great thing for Chelsea. Yeah. Um, he's getting better every game. I think yeah. like first game, I think he was a bit like he was still learning that position and still getting used to it, like, which is understandable. And it was his, obviously his Chelsea debut as well. Um, but he's definitely grown into it. And we've got a run of games now where he can, where, where this team can really bed in without the pressure of having to play like, serious opposition we're not playing Manchester City or Newcastle or someone like that in the next few games we're playing Nottingham Forest and Bournemouth right um which are still difficult games don't get me wrong right but they're not you know you don't want to have to be learning your position or learning or betting in against Manchester City you'd rather be doing it against Bournemouth and um Nottingham Forest uh and then once you get to those big games you're more comfortable in the position and you're more confident in in your teammates and in the chemistry on the pitch and you're ready to play those teams. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Really impressed with him as well. Like, I just, I've always been a big fan of Levi Caldwell, so I'm not surprised he's doing well. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. All right. Well, why didn't you give me your third positive? Cause I agree with everything you just said about Caldwell.
1: Uh, wow. My third positive. Oh gosh. Well, this is a more general thing that I've just noticed uh, in the body language on the pitch. And then after the game, there just seems to be a really good team spirit at the moment um I think was it sterling's second goal or was it no it was jackson's goal i think or it was one, it was one of the goals i think it, and then there was this there was there this shot of like all the all the all the players just came together and celebrated together like in instinctively like it was they were all like almost the whole team.
0: Like, yeah, it was Sterling's first goal and Jackson's first goal. There was just those massive celebrations. Yeah, like
1: and it was just like it was all it was like a bunch of mates playing with playing together, enjoying playing together. Like you get who get on well with each other and want each other to succeed and are happy for each other when they succeed. Like, um, and that and I and we and we haven't had that honestly. We like for a while and not even just last season, but for a while like where it's been a really good team spirit and everyone's fighting for each other and everyone's like enjoys playing with each other like and you know it's not an individualistic culture it's like a team culture where everyone's wanting the other player to succeed it's not just about them and and that's really that's that's credit to pochettino partly and it's also credit to the recruitment team you've got rid of the toxic players like and brought in the right players um, but we've needed that. But you need that to have a successful team. You need that to have a successful team. Um, and I think it helps when you've got a lot of young players as well, because there's less egos there. Like, and your your players are more like wanting to prove themselves, and they're all you know. It's just they're just a better. It's just a better environment. I mean, after the game when they came off, loads of players were coming off together and cheering, celebrating each other and stuff. It was really, it was just, it's just really, really positive. The energy around the team feels really positive right now. Um, and that's really that's 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 a big improvement on recent years, and it's necessary. Like I haven't seen that at Chelsea for a long time, and um, that's really really good to see because it means it helps on the pitch as well. Because players aren't being selfish on the pitch, you know, they're playing for each other, they're playing for the team, they want the team to win. It's not about their own personal statistics, right? And that that's that's a little mind shift that we have that we needed. I thought Pochettino would help with this, and he has. He clearly has. Um, that's a really important thing for him is to create a family atmosphere, uh, which he's done, at, which he did at Spurs. You know, you could see, and I think he's created that. He's creating that at Chelsea as well, and um, so I'm really that. That really pleased me, and I think that's going to be that's going to benefit us, um, not just this season, but going forward long term.
0: Yeah, I mean, to that end, one of the things I've noticed now, I think all three matches is. When Chilwell comes off, he gives the armband to Silva. Yeah. But by the time the match ends, even though Silva stayed on the pitch, Enzo has the armband.
1: Yeah, I've noticed that too, yeah.
0: Which, to me, just sign- signals, right? Like, I, listen, I, I, everybody knows I have my doubts about Silva's ability to keep up with Premier League pace for much longer, but you can't deny, like, that guy is a leader, and I think what he's showing there, like, this gets into the team spirit thing, right? There's not egos. The guy who, for all intents and purposes, has the most qualifications to be captain is probably Silva. Like, I know the English thing is probably a hiccup, but still, like, he is a bona fide leader. And he's not, he's basically not taking it. He's giving it to some of the younger guys. And I really do think that's just part of this atmosphere that, like, the guys who have the armband are young guys without egos or, or with at least egos that are very much in check because they're younger. Mm. And that to me, Matt, like, I know Chilwell a little bit older, but Chillwell is an egoless player. Like just from his game, the way he plays, he's egoless. Like he makes, Chillwell makes more runs than most advanced strikers make runs. Like, and then he recovers, right? He goes right back to defense. So I, I, I really, I, I agree with you. I, I think the team spirit is really high right now. Um, And then like, I'll give my last positive because I think it's related and you can just take it where you want. But it, it's some, like part of this is good that it's just the two of us because I'm going to like call up the Gallagher hive, which I think on Twitter at this point is you, me and Seb C uh, who are just like, <laughs> yeah. we have been talking how good Gallagher, even last year, how good Gallagher is. But like yesterday, uh so so after the gal yesterday's match, Gallagher had he only missed three passes, he had sixty-three passes, he made completed sixty of them. He created one big chance, he had three interceptions, he had three tackles, he touched the ball 79 times, and he was only dribbled past once, which is a defensive midfielder, is really important. Yeah. But he was incredible, and he's playing in a pivot. And I remember all last season, people said, oh, you can't play Gallagher in the pivot. Well, clearly they were wrong because he can play in the pivot. He, I, he's he been great every game. Like, even against West Ham, I thought he played really well. So I, I love him. Like, I think, and he's another sign of this team spirit. Like, he is a Cobham kid, but he's not, like, what we have learned, I think, about Mount, this isn't saying, like, something negative about Mount. Mount had an ego. Uh, and I think a lot of these guys who've left have had you and Gallagher doesn't the like, Gallagher just wants to be here.
1: Yeah, that's right. And I, I, yeah, I went on about Connor Gallagher last time. Like, I, um, he, he just wants to play for Chelsea. That's all. That's what he, all he wants to do. He doesn't care if he has to fight for his spot. He doesn't care that we signed, you know, three midfielders. He wants to be at Chelsea. He wants to, he's happy to earn his place, at, uh, you know, in the team. Like, and fight for it even if it means he's not playing regularly and like I said you can't buy that kind of commitment you can't buy that level of loyalty right he he um I just I yeah and it's funny like he just he's got better he's definitely improved as a player this season Potatino has definitely done some work with him he's he's improved I mean I didn't even think he could play in a pivot honestly I didn't think that was his best position but um, yeah, he's been he's been absolutely brilliant in that position, honestly. And I was I every game I'm impressed with him. He's just every game he's like there, he's performing, he's working hard, he's getting tackles in, he's pressing, he's he's everywhere, all over the pitch. Um now he's got like two top midfielders next to him. Like one that can be you know, more creative and get more forward, and one that is just covering the defence, you know, and that gives him a bit more freedom. Like um, I'm not saying this is not me saying he's good at Frank Lampard because no one's good at Frank Lampard, <laughs> but oh, I remember that Frank Lampard when he joined us at 22, he wasn't world class when he joined us, like, and he got a lot of the criticisms that Conor Gallagher gets, and um, but he worked really, really hard on his game. Like he he stayed out to practice after everyone had gone. He turned up to practice before everyone else. It's worked and worked and worked and worked, and then like by the time Mourinho arrived, he was like ready to, to, to become that world-class player that we all know now, like, um, and it really was, a lot of it was, was down to his work, work ethic. He didn't have the, the natural ability of Steven Gerrard, right? He didn't have the raw ability of Stephen Gerrard, but I think he, I would say he's a better, he was a better player in terms of like what he achieved in the game and what he won and, you know, the goals he scored, everything, you know, I mean, Stephen Gerrard was world-class, don't get me wrong, I love Steven Gerrard, but, um, yeah, but that was purely because of his work ethic, and uh, and Conor Gallagher has has a, a, an incredible work ethic and and a great mentality, and he's determined to succeed, and I think he will. I mean, that midfield yesterday could be our midfield this season, you know, uh, easily. Like you've got three different types of midfielders there. You've got a proper DM, you've got Conor Gallagher who can play in the pivot and drop into the pivot, or be a box to box eight and score goals, you know, because he take he. He takes on shots when he gets in the right areas. Um, I think he didn't. He have a shot yesterday.
0: I think he had a shot yesterday. Yeah, Conor Gallagher's not afraid to shoot that ball. Yeah, exactly. Which so, we uh, need. We need that. I, yeah. I I've gone on Twitter saying we just need people to shoot the yeah. frickin' ball. Just yeah, shoot and it. And Conor Gallagher, stuff, right? to his credit, he shoots yeah. it. And you've
1: got Enzo, who's like the more creative playmaker, kind of controller, like you know, brilliant technically, like world class. Basically, he's less. He's in a class of his own, Enzo Fernandez. Like, you could probably make an entire episode about him this season because he's been so good. <laughs> um, um, but, um, but Conor Gallagher, yeah, I, I just, I just love him, and I love that Pochettino sees it and gets it. And he, I, I, t- I told everyone when, when Pochettino arrived, he would be his one of his like his ideal profile of player. Like, he loves that kind of player, and he's fought to keep him. He's had to fight to keep him because the club, like people, some people at the club want to sell him. But Postillion has basically made made it very clear, like I don't, you, I do not want you to sell this guy. Um, he's part of my plans, and he's he's won that battle because Conor Gallagher has been fantastic. So um, yeah, I'm really pleased for him, and like I, I'm looking forward to him getting his first goal because he will just again, he will absolutely deserve that goal when he gets it because it will come because he takes shots on. Eventually, he'll get he'll get an opportunity and he'll score. So yeah. um, like, and he's going to be in the starting lineup like regularly now, like. I mean, Lovia will get opportunities as well. Don't get me wrong. Lovia's got world-class potential. But it means you can integrate Lovia without having to play him as a regular starter straight away.
0: Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that the mid-right Pochettino historically does, even when his team's play in Europe, does not play with an enormous squad of players that play all the time, which is going to be different for us because – I mean, even Lampard, mo- all of our past managers tended to use a bigger squad. I think Pacino is going to have, there's going to be four center backs to rotate. It's going to be Caldwell, Silva, Desassi, and Badiashile. I think there's going to be four midfielders. It's going to be Enzo, Connor, Caicedo, and Lavia. And then Ugochuku will play a little bit here and there. But I-, I think he will be basically a cup starter and then a guy to come on and finish games. And then I think the attackers is where we may see a little bit more rotation. But, like, at this point, I think Jackson and Sterling, like, are kind of locked on. Like, I, I it's tough to say that 100%, but, like, when Nkunku comes back, he's going to be another guy that I, I feel is pretty much locked on. Um, Chilwell Matson, Reese Gusto, I think are, like, those are fullbacks or, or, or wingbacks, whatever, what have you. So, yeah, I, I, and I think that helps with team chemistry to the point you're last positive, right? Like, when you play the same 16 players, they play better together. And I get rotation, and people always reference Pep. And, like, the reason why Pep's teams don't have injuries like everybody else is they rotate a lot. But what you'll also notice about Pep is... He rotates, but he rotates parts of the squad. So the the players that play together all have chemistry together. And that, to me, is really important. Um, and I think that's going to be similar to Pach. He's not going to rotate as much as Pep, but I think that's an important point.
1: I think also with the fullbacks, when Reese James is fit, I think, And we're, I mean, say next season we're playing in Europe, Reese James, I don't think he'd play Reese James two games a week either. I mean, think he would and
0: Gusto's is the perfect Premier League fullback because he's strong as Knox.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, Gusto. I mean, we haven't we've gone through our three positives, but I was impressed with him as well. He was really good. He got he got two assists, I think.
0: Uh, yeah, which is great. If you me. want to go to my, the next yeah. section, like Player of the Match, Gusto was my Player of the Match, even over Sterling. Like, I thought he was brilliant.
1: He was he was superb, and that's why we bought him. You know, like to so when we change is out of the team, we don't notice it as much because we've got another player who's really good in that position. You could just come in and just like influence the game. Like and he did. And yeah, I was really, really impressed with him. Um yeah, really, really it takes the pressure we- off like having to rush back Reese James because you don't have to. You can just wait till he's really properly fit and then bring him in. Because he will be number one when he's fully fit, because he's the best right back in the world, right? But mm-hmm. Gusto is a very, very good right back. And if he was our first choice, if we didn't exist, we would be fine because we've got because Malo is excellent.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, so, like, I agree. I think he was my player of the match because he had two assists, right? I think he was great in attack. He and Sterling have really good chemistry together already, and you can tell. Like, part of it, they played a lot together in preseason, but the, their chemistry is great. Um, I, I just—Gusto's great defensively. He gets back, right? He's not one of these guys that—he's not, like, a Trent Alexander-Arnold who goes up so far in attack and then doesn't recover. Like, he recovers, so— yeah, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan. Anyways, who was who's your player of the match? Well
1: Well, it's difficult to look past for me it was difficult to look past Raheem Sterling because I was just I was just so impressed with not just his goals but uh and his assists, but just his overall performance, like his his pace, his running in behind, his energy, like like the whole game. Like right? and he I mean he, he had a huge influence on the result. Obviously that I mean the first goal was brilliant, like great individual skill. Um, um. The second goal is the kind of goal that we need him to score as well. Getting being in the box for a cross like that's what we need. Like we need that. And uh, and of course the assist was. a I mean, it was a great cross for for Jackson. It was brilliant. Um, and I, I yeah, I just I mean he was yeah. I think he was my player of the match purely because he had such a big influence on the outcome. And I think it was probably one of his best performances for Chelsea certainly in terms of his contributions on the pitch it was his best performance for Chelsea like his two goals and an assist that's a really you can't ask for more than that really from someone playing in his position um and yeah i mean but but gusto gusto i i can see why people would say he's man of the match definitely because he he had a great game as well and i was really impressed with him um yeah i mean yeah but it's good when you've got choices about who the man of the match is, isn't it? Because uh, because it means a lot of players have played well. So, yeah. Sterling. Yeah, I
0: mean, to me, that right side, just in general, in all three matches, even when Sterling was not really in the same role he is now, I, all, like, that right side, the Saucy, Enzo, Gusto, Sterling, have been incredible. And that's where a lot of our buildup comes from, is that right side, uh, sometimes then we'll switch it over to Chillwell, or you'll have Dasassi or Colewell hit a long ball to Chillwell, running running deep. But generally speaking, it is the right side of that build up play, and, and I think that's really been nice.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree, absolutely, one hundred percent.
0: All right. Well, let's move on to listener questions. We have two from Dieter van Gucht on Twitter. Uh, so as always, Cedar, thanks for your question. So the first question kind of related to what we just talked about was, was this Sterling's best game in a Chelsea shirt?
1: Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, there's a toss-up between this one and the West Ham game. Um, and I think this i think this one edges it purely because, again, like I said, the contribution he gave, he, he gave on the pitch, two goals and an assist, you know, directly contributed to the win. Um... So this probably was his best performance for Chelsea. Um but the last two games have been his two best games for Chelsea. Like that's what I would say. So the, he's like a, he's in the he's like a first one of the first things on the team sheet now. Like, you know, and that wasn't the case even a few weeks ago. So um fair play to him.
0: Yeah, I, the only other game that I think comes close is the Leicester match from last year, where we had what we were one man down, and I think Sterling scored two goals in that match. Um, it was like late Tuchel, late Tuchel tenure, and I thought that was really good. But yeah, I I think this is the role he played under Pep, right? This wide attacker who helps build up from wide areas, and then once the fullback advances, cuts inside and just gets a ball in the box where nobody's marking him. So yeah, I really like that. Um, so the next question, Dieter's second question is. Is this kind of the lineup, the formation, the the system of play broadly that we expect to see for the rest of the season? Do we think it's going to switch up? I, I, to me, my thing is, I think when Nkunku comes back, there's probably going to be a little switch. It also would not surprise me if now that Badia Shile is back, if you see more of a traditional back four because he can ha- he can press high, right, and whether that's Badia Shile and Colwell – Badioshile or Desassi or Desassi or and Cowell, I think that's gonna be kind of if we go back four, those will be the center backs. I think Silva will not play. I know Potch is saying we're playing a back four now, but like for all intents and purposes, it has the same security as a back three, one and attacks as a back four. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. and so I think my view is maybe it changes a little bit with Badiushile, like it opens the door to a true back four. And I think with with Nkunku, it may change a little bit. But my view is, I think, up until those guys are ready, this is probably the system we're going to see.
1: I tend to agree with you. Yeah, um, I do. Yeah, it will make a difference when those players come back. Uh, like, Brady Shield, like he's fantastic. I really love him. Um, and he will, yeah, I hope, I, I want to see him play. When he's fit, um, his height and his power and his... Like, just his defense, all round ability is fantastic. Um, so, yeah. And then, of course, Nkanku, Nkanku was really kind of who he built the other the system around in pre season. So, and then Pochettino literally said, I think uh, people seem to have forgotten this, but Pochettino said, we had like, before the Liverpool game, we had to change something tactically because Nkanku got injured. And I was like, that makes sense. But everyone seems to have forgotten that Pochettino said that. And they're still asking why he changed the system. And I'm like, because then Kunku got injured and we were building around Kunku, like <laughs> that's pretty much it, like I don't know what's going to happen in that left wing position and I think it depends on who we sign this week like, so I don't know what will happen there, but like, I don't know whether Ben Chilwell will play in that position the whole season um, but that, that may be one area where things change, especially when Kunku comes back or uh, when we sign someone, if we I don't know who we're going to sign yet, but uh, yeah, so that, that'll be interesting, but generally, yeah, I mean I'm I mean, it looks really, it looks like it's working. That's the thing. People are having a meltdown about the lineup. And I'm like, even before the the start of the match yesterday, and I was like, you know, we played well in like two thirds of the games of the minutes that we've had so far, right? Like, you do know that. Like, we could have, we could have been in Liverpool and we could have, and we should have been in West Ham with that first half performance. Like, the only time we haven't played well is the second half against West Ham when we kind of. And even
0: that, like, I don't think that was a tactical thing is much of just, it seemed like, for whatever reason, we could not adjust to West Ham pressing high. But that wasn't, like, because of the formation or the system. I think it was just, like, a leftover of previous yeah. years.
1: Yeah, that's it. But generally, our play's been really, really good. And I've been really I've been really impressed. Like we just hadn't, again, as per usual, we haven't had the goals to back it up, which is, we have gone on about, like, all like so often now, <laughs> but um yesterday we kind of turned it into goals, and we like it was effective, and you know we controlled the game pretty much like i do not I, I not really remember them having like like being a serious goal threat, really, they had spells where they had where they played pretty well, which was normal in a game, you expect that to happen, but um but generally we we were we weren't in that much trouble, um you know and obviously we I think we needed the second goal, and that was important um after that they're kind of they, you know they, they knew they they weren't, they weren't going to win at that point and then kind of it all calmed down a bit but um but generally um but yeah um we played well and it's working you know and the players are getting used to the system and also kaisano coming into the team helps make it more effective as well
0: yeah i agree with that i think it's also important for people to realize that we're two matches in Or three matches in. Like, it isn't going to look perfect. It's just not. I mean, say what you will about Luton. That Luton team is the same Luton team that played this exact same system last year. And at the end of the day, sorry, I also just noticed we're recording this against tottenham Bournemouth, and Gusevsky just had a great goal. Um, But nonetheless, I think that it's one of these things where we just are, we're learning the system. I, it is not a super similar system to what we played under Lampard and under Potter. Um it, It's a little bit more similar to Tuchel, but it's also a little bit more direct than Tuchel. And, yeah. and, and I think that it's just going to take time. We have not played this way. I mean, I can't, ever think of a chelsea team that played possession like this but was also aggressive like this is kind of the first time i think i've seen a manager coach us this way
1: yeah i agree because you can see there's a combination of like the physical aggressive powerful kind of play which chelsea is known for and suits us but also there's a lot of i mean we've, we've had a lot of possession and we've kept the ball really really well most of the time like like you were talking about that earlier in the in the show, like when we have those periods where we're in possession, like we just don't let anyone get the ball off us, right? It's, it's, you know, it's just, it's really nice to see, you know, and they look confident in possession, the team, um, like every single one of them, like you've got play, like, everyone is comfortable in possession. Even people talk about Gallagher not being technically good. Even he looks good in possession. Like he's, you know, he's, uh, and again, that's, that's part, part of his improvement, but like, yeah. We look. We just look comfortable on the ball. We don't like losing it. And we're able to win it back, especially when you've got Caicedo in the team, who's really good at winning the ball
0: back. So and Connor, like I think for yeah, Connor, whatever yeah, technical d- technical issues Connor has, he wins the ball back. And so between him and Caicedo, it really le- like to your point. What's been strange in a good way, and I'm not saying Patricio's better than these guys because I, I don't think he's proven that yet. But this style is like if you combine the physicality of Mourinho teams with Tuchel's possession play. Yes. Yes. It's like, it's a, again, I'm not saying he's as good as either of those guys and he's definitely not better than the two of them combined, but like nobody is, right? First off, like nobody's better than the two of them combined. And they're both, his. like whatever issues people have with both of them, they are world-class tacticians. But this style feels like a really nice combination of where both of their Right. It's the physicality and the aggression of Mourinho's teams with the possession and like rotations of two Colts teams. And it's worked really well. Even against West Ham. In all three matches, I think it's worked just brilliantly.
1: Yeah. And when it really clicks, it's gonna be really effective. Like yeah. you're gonna win football matches. You know, yeah. um, there will be a game where we there will be a game where we absolutely batter someone at some point. There will. And if, if we keep developing this style and improving and getting in confidence, especially if we had another attacker as well, and especially when in Country comes back as well, like um, there, there will be a few games where we just, it'll just, it'll just click, you know, and um, we'll have one, we'll have one or two of those games. You don't know who that's going to be against. It could be against anyone, um, but um, probably at home, I suspect. But like that, that, and that's that's great. I mean, we haven't seen that at Chelsea for so long. Honestly. You know who
0: I really want it to be against? And I I, I Yeah, I know, I know. The, 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 I want Arsenal. I want us to beat Arsenal like five. I, I want like the game, Lukaku's first game, where he just uh Pablo Mary, I think was the guy who was guarding him and Lukaku just destroyed him. Like I want a game like that where we just obliterate Arsenal three, four, five, three nil, four, one, five, one, some like just a complete obliteration. Yeah. I think it's, it's going Brighton. to be hard. It may not happen, but that's who I wanted to Yeah,
1: be or at. Brighton. Brighton, I'd like Brighton to would be
0: great. Brighton would be great, especially, <laughs> like, imagine Brighton and two of the goals are a Caicedo goal and a Caldwell goal.
1: Oh, I can't tell you how, how enjoyable that would be. That would be like winning a cup final, almost.
0: Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I don't want me to sound like a Spurs fan here, but that, that would be that would be close.
1: Yeah, it would be. I mean, especially Glewai-Colwell, honestly, because they spent half a summer twerking for him, thinking, oh, he's our player, he's our player. And, I'm like, and then he'll, like, he'll probably score the goal and celebrate, like, pumping the Chelsea badge. Right? <laughs>
0: well, you know what the guy, uh, the athletic writer, I'm going to forget his name, but but if that happened, he would say, well, they waited and they actually wanted, I say don't call wanted to celebrate with the Brighton players. That's why they scored in that game. Andy Naylor, like Andy, yeah, Andy Naylor I, I, can oh spin God, any, well. like, any negative story about Brighton to just be like the most positive thing. So I, I'm ready for it, but um, well, all right with that, I think let's get out of here. Once again, I, this was uh Jordan. It's at sports by stats on Twitter. I'm with the score. This is the Balanced blues brothers podcast. Thank you everybody. And keep the blue flag flying high.